The record button has been pressed, so it is time for... Joel's Finding the Flow. Like, real philosophical sort of discussions. You know when people get high? <laughs> it's pure Joel. Don't count your fans before they hit. <laughs> but, we hit a flow in the conversation. Um, I think I'm... Open I mean, your I'm in my mind head. with... I think I'm going to hit. Finding the Flow with Joel Franklin. Hello, everybody. How are you today? Welcome to Finding the Flow with Joel. Um, I have another one out. Uh, I think I don't know when I'm gonna to um, post this, but I am doing this right now on June 29th. So it's only a few days after I posted episode 70, which was the uh, bombshell, Ooh, the one where I let you all know my current situation. Um, but because of my current situation, I have more time to edit down these podcasts, which I have lined up, which is nice. I mean, it's, it's, uh, I, I definitely would not want this job or I don't know if I was paid for it, maybe I would uh, be okay with it, but, um, it is a lot of work and I would much rather have someone else do this. Um, uh, just listening through the whole thing. I mean, it's nice to listen to it, but just to do just mundane things like levels and cutting things out and and going through the whole thing and just looking at a computer screen forever, it's not fun. Uh, so either way, <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, but I I uh, I got another one done for you, and um, it's uh, Joe Carp. We have Joe Carp today, and Joe Carp is a very special one. She um. She has been a dear friend of mine uh, since I came here because we, you know, we have a lot of common. We're both music educators, and we both have had experience at the Waldorf School. Of course, he, she, from this interview, I mean, she's uh, she started right out of college and has never stopped. Uh, but she, she uh, also has helped me as a musician. She's helped me become more uh have helped me progress especially in the flute you know i mean it was something she just motivated me you know to get right back at it uh right back at to doing the art songs and the and the solos and i was uh a little hesitant but um when it quickly i mean there was there was you know a built-in audience and there was a lot of um appreciation for it and I was I was really happy to do it, and I, I was really happy to get back into that. And I think it was something that um, I don't know whether I would have done it otherwise. And I am I'm completely indebted to Joe for for bringing back a little bit of m- music in my life. So we work together once a week, um, doing a performances where uh, she would accompany. And she would do some solo piano, then I would do some solo flute, and usually some solo voice, and then and then I started bringing in the sing along music, which uh, the way that I do it, um, I really try to get them going and singing along, and like um, which you know takes going out there and kind of looking at people in the eyes and seeing them singing and, and really encouraging. 
and I like that sort of thing. And and they really appreciated it. And so we we had a good time. Um, uh, you know, now now Joe is is getting hit hard with heart conditions and and other things. Um, she she's been constantly, you know, just had had a life uh, of with with the burden of of all these ailments of of physical ailments but yet obviously she's been able to work out through all of it and it's and it's just amazing person to talk to so i i hope you enjoy um i have uh, been camping now for 3 or 4 days i am little by little making my um uh my car uh very camp worthy. Uh, it's got a, a, a sleeping mattress in the back, which is very comfy. And I am, uh, I have a tent though. I don't, I don't really care for the tent as much as I care for the car. The car, the car has got everything I need. Um, it's got the, the power, the speakers, it's got lights, it's got, um, air conditioning if I need it. It's, it's, uh, you know, could be worse. Could be worse. And I, I've had my kids with me uh, the last two days. They came and they camped with me, and it was nice. Except Wynn wasn't there. But, uh, you know, that would have been tough. But the two older girls came with me and camped, and that was, that was a lot of fun. Things are going well, uh, but I, you know, currently I'm, I'm not in, in the house. Uh, I, you know, Sarah needs, and, and, you know, we all, It's it's a good thing though it it's kind of painful but it's a good thing that we're kind of establishing ourselves anew um yeah uh on, on another thing i'm i'm almost thinking about maybe i will save this for a reissuing but uh i i do want to say that one of one of my interviewees my, Evelyn Green, she has passed away. She passed away actually the last week that I was working at the fellowship. Um, I had nights spent, and you know what? I am going to save this for that. But just so you know, I mean, listen back on that podcast. But I think I'm going to I'm going to reissue it, and maybe as just a a reissue. I was almost thinking of making a new episode of it, but I think I'm just going to reissue episode sixty six or sixty seven. So um, this current episode, of course, is Joe Carp, and I, I uh, hope that you all enjoy my wonderful conversation with her. So I have with me today Joe Carp. So, so you play piano, and you went to Oberlin College. Right. Um, how old are you now? I'm 85. 85 years old. So you were born in the 30s? 31. 31. So that means that you were just a teenager during the big war. Yes. What was your role during that time? Did uh, Where did you live? Where were you born? I lived in a little tiny town in Ohio called Andover. Andover. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. I, I Actually, there's an Andover, New York. Right. Go figure. <laughs> and Andover, Massachusetts, quite a few Andovers. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> the little town. Uh-huh. Uh, and did uh, you have any siblings? Was it just you? I had two older sisters. Two older sisters, three girls. Yeah. Okay. And my father was the uh, the principal of the school. There was just one school in the in the town, uh-huh. and it took from first grade through high school. 
but there were no kindergartens at that time. Oh, okay. So, um, in the time in the country? In, in the country, right. Yeah. And um, although I did run into a kindergarten when my father was getting his master's degree at Columbia, so one, two summers, we came to New York and lived in a family's house apartment on Riverside Drive, which was very exciting. Yeah. And uh, I was in a kindergarten. It was ah. called the New Lincoln School, and it still exists, I guess. And it was, uh, I, I think, a, a school run by Columbia as a, you know, a, a learning facility for their now, teachers. Was that new ideas? Was that a privilege uh, that you were able to have? That being that you were from a small town in Ohio. I I don't know. Well, it was a, a privilege just because my father was. There in the in the program. Oh, in the program. I see. So so you kind of tagged along. Yeah. Uh, that was a that was a nice thing. So then, at first grade, did you end up going to Andover School? What? You ended up going back to Andover right. for uh-huh. first grade. Yeah. And uh, so so you you know that was like the the you know late thirties, early forties. Um, that was a tough time, right? Uh, the depression. Yeah, it was. was. On. It was a depression, and yeah. it was uh, also then, of course, the war. Yeah. And. My father had been in the First World War. He was 18, and he enlisted in the Marines and ended up going over to the Battle of Verdun. But fortunately, he had an appendicitis stroke when, <laughs> when uh, he would, would have been in the killing off of most of his, his battalion or whatever wow. it was. There were only two or three people left in that group. Yeah. The, so that was quite a thing. And... and uh, but he was very active in the Legionnaires and the Rotarians and all that kind of stuff. So did, was he still involved in the Second World War? It, only as, insofar as being a, a watch. They had people watching for things, planes and things. And the homeland. Yeah, and he, yeah. Was, he did that. Kind I, of thing. I heard a lot of people did, like, volunteer radar work. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I think, like... Um, I don't know, Sally Burns, I think, maybe said that in America she she would volunteer an hour, and, and Violetta they would vo- volunteer an hour here and there to yes, just... Yes, I know she was involved with it, yeah. Yeah, to, like, check the radars and right. stuff like that, yeah. And, and uh, for some reason he was... Oh, yes, he was part of the um, police, the... Um, I don't know how to describe that. The, the state police. Yeah, yeah. You know, and he did, because they didn't have enough people themselves, so that he often was out at night doing police Police work. work. Yeah, I got it. Because a lot of people were at the war, and they needed extra, yeah. you know, manpower. Uh-huh. So um, you were you were pretty young, but you probably felt the, the weight of it. Oh, yes. I, and I was very patriotic. Every, <laughs> we all were very patriotic. And, and of course, since I played trumpet, I uh, ended up playing taps okay. for almost every oh, wow. every uh, person that, that came back, and they were all people that I had known. Yeah, and it, it was a very emotional thing. Yeah, and what about and your older? It was oldest? very hard to to play, you know, because I, I was crying. <laughs> yeah, it was really how, uh, how. What about your older sisters? Well, I had um, one sister was a year and a half older than I. She played so flute. The, the same boat. She was in the same boat. Uh, and and uh, my older sister was seven years older, and she she was a very musical person, and she went to Oberlin before me. Okay, so a very musical family. 
Um, about. Did she? Did your oldest sister? She would have been old enough to be involved in the war. No. Yeah. No. She didn't do well. No, she would have been in high school. Yeah. Yeah, it's still in high school. I I remember D Day and things like that. I also remember vividly. Uh, airplane squadrons flying over our home, you know. American squadrons. Yeah, going towards the, the place they would be yeah, taking off I mean, from. Uh, you know, uh, you, were, you were born during a very transitional time in America. Cars were just coming, planes were just yes, coming. Yeah. I mean, it must have all been very fantastical. It was, but, you know, to, to us it didn't seem so fantastic. But then, but my mother was saying, you know, how incredible it was, all the things that had taken place. Because she knew what yeah, it was before. Yeah, and my father, too. Yeah, I mean... had one of the first cars out in the country. Yeah, they must have remembered horses. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah all that. <laughs> yeah, yes, that, so, that, well, that's fa- crazy. It's hard to believe all of that. Yeah, and, and, it, uh, and, and now you have what you have now. Yeah. Like, I have a little recording studio powered by batteries. Yes. <laughs> it's that, pretty... It's, it's also good. My parents would be unsettled by that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Would be interested. My father, especially, would be very interested. So, Oberlin um, has a well known music program. Yes. Uh, they are in Ohio. Yes. Uh, where in Ohio? Oberlin, Ohio. <laughs> is, uh, that's the name of the town. <laughs> right. Uh, is it close to any of the big three, Cleveland, Cincinnati, yes, Columbus? Yes, it is. It's about 30 miles from Cleveland. 30, 30 miles from Cleveland. And, South? And it's about 130 miles from my home. Okay, from and Andover. And it's on what, the Sandusky. Uh, yeah, I know Sandusky. That's where uh, Cedar Point, right, the, yeah. the, uh-huh. the big... Uh, uh, amusement park. Right. Do you go? It, I went there once. Okay. Uh, they they are very well known for their roller coasters. <laughs> um. <clears throat> so, uh, you said your sister went to Overland. Yes, she was. She was. What she play? A voice major. Voice. And uh, and she <clears throat> being at Overland, the commencement each year took place at, at the end of the school year. So most of the people, if they weren't involved in commencement, went home. So they were always short of people in their band for the commencement. So I ended up playing for four years at trumpet in the, in the uh, band for the commencement program. Oh, yeah. And that was, oh, that was fun. It was I, exciting. I was close to Houghton College, which is not far, or, I mean, it had a good music program. Right. Um, in the you know the countryside of, of Western New York, and uh, they would ask um, me to play tuba in their well, in their community band, but also you know in other other situations. It was just right there, you know. They, so yeah. they kind of picked picked out of the high school. That's schools. great. And is that where you went to school? No, I went to Potsdam. Oh, that's. I uh, I went to school at Fillmore High School, and Fillmore High School was about four miles from Houghton. And then Potsdam, you know, was on the other side of the state, you know, a good uh, 300 miles away. Yeah, how did you happen to go to Potsdam? Well, uh, SUNY school systems are known to be quite reasonable price, and uh, um, there was two well-known music schools. Uh, One was SUNY Fredonia, and the other was SUNY Potsdam. And Fredonia was on the the Erie count or Erie Lake, just like Cleveland. Yeah. But uh, uh, Potsdam was farther north. And I don't know what what was. I just uh, I went for an audition there. I did really well in my audition, and I just 
fell in love with Potsdam. You know, the Crane School of Music there. Yeah, that's great. Uh, so you went to Oberlin. Uh, your sister went to Oberlin and, and um, played in the band. Bef- you know, during commencements. Uh, and what did she play again? Well, she didn't play. Oh, she vo- voice. She was a voice maker. Yeah. yeah. So what did she do during commencement? During well, I, as I remember, she played <coughs> clarinet also. So she played probably clarinet. played clarinet. Multiple instruments. Yeah. <clears throat> Just like you played trumpet and and piano. Yeah. What did you start with? Trumpet. Well, I, I, I start my sister singing and playing, uh, you know, and, and I wanted to play too, so I think I kind of taught myself <clears throat> when I was six or seven piano. Piano? Trumpet. I started French horn in uh, the fourth grade, yeah. and I loved it. It was a wonderful instrument, but the trumpet major, the, the solo trumpeter, became ill on the eve of some, some great whatever I don't know yeah. what it was but uh, so you had to fill in so that and the, it's not, the band director handed me a trumpet and yeah. said go home this weekend and learn to play yeah, the, the French horn is kind of a cousin to the trumpet yeah, it's not right. terribly different um, similar mouthpiece and yeah. uh, similar fingerings that's so uh, so you did you do really well in the trumpet did you go to school with the trumpet well I I went to uh, to school, well, I played trumpet then in, in school, in high school. Yeah. And when I went to Oberlin, I'm, they wanted me to be a major in trumpet and a major in voice and a major in piano. And, oh, my gosh. <laughs> and I had to choose. And, uh-huh. and uh, so, but I really loved piano, and so I chose piano. Yeah, did and I piano. And I in voice. Yeah. Did piano come naturally? Pardon? Piano came naturally? Well, kind of, since my sister had played and I. Yeah. It, it I interested me a lot. Yeah, so you had a lot of influence. Um, uh, so, what voice part did you have? Alto? No, I was a I was a dramatic soprano. A contratenor, or con, yeah. a contralto, or what? What do you call that? Mezzo soprano. Well, mezzo, but the, the dramatic is that it has a much bigger range and uh, more volume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How how was your experience in college? How, how did you do? Um, did you go in four years? I, I, from my oh. experience at music school, it was a lot of work, um, and the ensembles didn't give me any credit. So you would spend a lot of time doing these ensembles, but you would get no extra credit for it. So so it was like I remember I had you know was averaging twenty something credits a semester, plus these ensembles. So I mean, oh. it was it was quite a quite a um, yeah, you know, that's a lot. But quite a program. Get a lot of experience. That it was a good, good experience, but uh, you, you had, you couldn't have any time for anything else. Yeah. So, what was your experience like? I had been quite ill when I was young. I had a ruptured appendix in a time that you usually died with a ruptured appendix. Uh, it's less like your dad. <laughs> and they had just discovered sulfur drugs. What sulfur? Sulfur. Sulfur. Uh huh. And and it. Uh, it, it was a great breakthrough then for infections, okay. and, and and because they then had penicillin and then the sulfate is really what saved my life, I guess. Yeah. So anyway, but it messed up my entire insides, needless to say. Uh. And so almost every year that I was at college, I had to come home and have a major surgery and go back to college. So I did that, uh, you know, because I had to do it. My my fourth year, when I was uh, getting ready for my senior recital, 
it was I, the same thing happened, and I wanted to try to plow through, but everybody said it was a stupid thing to do, yeah. and so so I didn't. I then I went back in the fifth year and and worked in in the college office some and uh, and prepared my recital. Yeah. So so you had to do five because of because of that mm-hmm. problem. Now they would open you up, and what they would they would just give you? Oh well, it, it, different organs were. Getting infected? Infected, yeah. Oh, one, boy. You know, a tube on one side was taken out, uh, uh, an ovary on another side was o- taken out. Wow. Uh, it, things kept, uh, adhesions kept pulling things together, and they had to go in and get them apart. I, I can't really describe so, but a number of things were were hurt. You're, you're, I mean, you in, just within this interview, you talked about your dad having appendicitis as well if, mm-hmm. for, for the war. Uh-huh. Um, and it's just interesting. I wonder if that... I mean, I've heard so many stories about appendicitis. My wife got appendicitis. Uh, May Louise got appendicitis when she was pregnant. Yeah. You know, uh, your dad, you, you know. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's so interesting, this, this organ that supposedly has no use <laughs> gets infected. Yeah, it gets... Right. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so so it took a little longer for me to uh, yeah to finish. graduate. Um, so so you graduated in five years. That's that's not a bad. I mean, it sounds like by by no means of your own talent. Yeah. Um, so what did you do after you were you were out of college? Well, then I I actually had to have a, a lot of maintenance surgery kind of going yeah. on. You know, during that year that I was preparing my recital, so I was going into Cleveland on the bus every two weeks and having stuff done at the the clinic there in Cleveland and then going back to Oberlin and it was a harrowing year. Yeah, it sounds exhausting. Did did you, um, when did you get out of that mess? (laughs) Well, I, you know, I I got out of it and, and I graduated that out of that, that year. But did you, did, was the surgeries over by then? Well, no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, how how long did that keep going? Well, that kept going actually because uh, because the the existing ovary that I had had developed cysts on it. This sounds yeah. kind of I shouldn't well. Talk about. No, I know, I know about. I mean, I've, from what I've dealt with 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 you know nursing, I I know about that. Yeah. It actually is pretty common. So it's. Uh, it, I mean, you're you're lucky that you still had the ability to have kids. I, I am. Yes, very lucky, and and so um, other little things were wrong. So I I did found though at Columbia Presbyterian Hospital in New York. Yeah, I found a wonderful doctor who um, was able to save that one over because everybody else just wanted me to have it get done with. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Get it, and I wanted to have an opportunity to have children. Exactly. But they thought I would never have children anyway, and frankly, I thought I'd do it either. But um, it as it happened, I think I'm written up in medical books. <laughs> but but uh, I did become pregnant with with um, this this function non non functioning or you know ovary that wasn't working too well. Yeah. And so then it, it had to the egg had to float around and find the other tube, and that was very quest. But anyway, it, it, it worked. That it worked. I did, but. Um, so I, I was teaching in New York City. Yeah. So so back to Columbia. You you um, yeah, seem so, to find have some roots there. Um, 
I don't know. No, Some, somehow it, you just ended up there, there again. There's a, a private school, Riverdale Country Day School, where for many years they've had a conservatory on a secondary level. And uh, it's, it's a very ex- exclusive school. Yeah. And for many years, a piano major has had an opportunity to teach there. Yeah. But you teach six days a week, and you do all the hard work. Yeah. And it's a really... A, and you get very, very little money for it. But it was just, you know, a, a we were happy to be there to be in New York. Yeah, an opportunity. All, all yeah, and, and, and then on top of it, we had had a system called Delcro's um, yeah. music yeah, yeah. method, and there was the only... The only Dalcro school in in the Americas was in New York. Yeah, I mean the four big ones is Dalcro's, Orf, Suzuki, and Kadai, and Kadai. And I think Potsdam was a Orf school. Really? I mostly. I mean, we, they taught all of them, but uh, but they definitely weren't Suzuki, and they definitely weren't um, you know what you Dalcro's. Yeah. But I believe we we did a lot of um, you know those those. Uh, Xylophones that you take out pieces. And yeah, stuff like each that. of those has a particular slant, and what they're doing now is just you get a little bit of each of them, and you don't really get the whole thing of any of them. Which yeah, is not which so, is kind of what we it's got. Not really good, but yeah. but at any rate, I I did again c- complete a degree in in uh, the Dalcro's work and had you know got my certificate for mm-hmm. it, but then. But still, it was the only school for a lot a number of years. But then they started having it in different different schools. Can you explain Delcro's a little bit? Pardon? Can you explain Delcro's a little bit? Uh-huh. <laughs> in, in a sentence, it is um, using. This is where it comes into Eurythmy. Uh, it's using your body and your your feet and your everything is very natural, so that quarter notes are walking and eighth notes are running and skipping is dotted eight sixteenth. Well and yeah, all yeah, that yeah. so the but the Dalcro's work you have one period uh, as as solfege of singing in yep. Swiss solfege. Yeah that that and, was and have uh, singing things that have difficult rhythms. And then the next hour you have you do this with Eurythmics. So you you move uh, with the music that you've been doing the period before, and then the third period is improvising, so others can move to it. Yeah. So that all the way through is a three-period affair. Yeah, it's um, I mean, all very valuable things. You know, a lot, a lot of musical understanding. You know, once you get good enough at music, you start to realize that it's a lot of it has to do with natural, you know, yeah. fundamental human uh, movement. You know, it's all, you know, it doesn't come from thin air, right? It doesn't just theorize, music theory doesn't just come out of nowhere. It's based on stuff. It's based on human behavior and culture. And uh, so so it only makes sense that Dalcros would be a very um, well-rounded musical education. Yeah, it's a fascinating, fascinating method. Yeah, I mean, and uh, and and it was originally called Eurythmics. Eurythmics. And uh, but it, it actually occurred before Eurythmy. Yeah. And my understanding is that 
that Steiner came and visited with Dal Crows, and they, you know, and he, he probably some absorbed point. some. So, but the um, the anthroposophists don't agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> so. Now you um, you went to New York City. Did you got that um, certificate in Delcro's? Um, you went to the exclusive school for a couple of years. School. How many? How long? A couple of years. Three years. Three years. Uh-huh. Yeah. So three years to the grinder. Uh-huh. Um, and did you did you leave there? Well, I I got married. Yeah. And I still he lived in New York, and I continued teaching part time there, and then I. Uh, and then I also taught at a, at, at a couple of Westchester schools and and uh, around. So oh, I yeah. was still teaching privately. A little, a lot of the same. Yeah. So, um, so you continued. So was that your general life once you were married for a while? Well, yes, for a few years. Now, now it was understood by everybody that I probably never would have children. Uh-huh. I was still going through all this maintenance with this doctor. Yeah. So uh, my husband decided to, he was a salesman for photographic equipment, very high-class stuff, and he went to conference conventions all over the world with photographic equipment. Well, he decided that he would start his own business, and I would be the breadwinner for a while, because, you know... Yeah, to get you through the transition. And so (laughs) no sooner had we made all these decisions, and he had stopped his work and all that, then you got you pregnant. got pregnant, right? <laughs> right. So of course, yeah. So I had a son, yeah. and it, then it was just very hard on me to take the, my son in his little white bassinet and carriage. Up, we'd walk up to the cloisters, to, and it was just wonderful. But but he'd always come back covered with soot, <laughs> and I said, I really. You know, I had only lived in houses until I came to New York. My husband had never lived in a house, only in apartments, because he was a New Yorker. And so I said, we've really got to move. So we did. We looked all over, all over, and we finally decided to to move to Long Island, where where I had some friends. Not too bad. And he had some friends. And we got a lovely house in Baldwin, and... uh, that very same time when I, when we got the house, I got a phone call from my dear friend George Rose, who was also at Oberlin with me, and he said, "I've been asked to take on the music program in this school. It's called the Waldorf School, okay. and I need an accompanist for something called Eurythmy, <laughs> which is similar to Eurythmics." <laughs> And I, I know you can improvise and stuff like that. I said, oh, well, your your wife, who was also a piano major at Oberlin, why doesn't she take that on? He said, well, she doesn't want to do it, but she'll babysit your one-year-old baby. There you go. <laughs> so that's what happened. Then. Uh, which Waldorf School? was? It's not the Garden City Waldorf School yet, is yeah. it? It was? It was, yes. Yeah. So, so you were commuting to New Jersey? No. no we, Where is that? We were living then in Baldwin, New York. It's on Long Island. Long Island. So it, yeah, it wasn't much of a commute. Well, uh, as um, was Garden City Waldorf School in New Jersey? No. Where is it? It's in New York. It is in New York. In Garden City, New York, which yeah, is on Long Island. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, <laughs> yeah. Uh, they put two and two. I thought there was a Garden City, New Jersey. Oh, there probably is. Or Atlanta. It's in, I guess Atlantic. In City. fact, 
New Jersey is called the Garden State. Yeah, yeah, country. exactly. Yeah, but it's not really the Garden State. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so Garden City Waller School is in in New New Jersey or so in that's Long how Island. I started, and you started there as an accompanist for your rhythm. And you and you had a built-in babysitter, so that yeah. was good. And you also had a second child. Then I had a second child, mm-hmm. and then this things changed. Uh, we split up, and and I took on the job of music teacher in Kimberton uh, with another Waldorf school. You split up from what? And, however, they only paid half a salary. And if you were married, even less. Uh. But um, I I said, well, I can't, I can't live uh, on half a salary. So I took on the whole school, which was Gee. 350 students. Yeah. And, and I had never actually taught and taught a huge classroom. Mm-hmm. You know, I, yeah, I was sure. a private teacher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, but I, I did had done some with the Dalcro's work. I'd been teaching some groups, yeah. so I decided. Well, I had to. There wasn't much choice. It was. So you said you split up. You split up. What? We divorced. You divorced. Um, how old were the kids? The oldest one was uh, going into seventh grade. Yeah. So he was twelve, I think. And the youngest one was ten in yeah. in sixth grade. I see. So or going into fifth grade, fifth grade and seventh grade. So you had been together for for seventeen seventeen years, years and um, you know you 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 know went your separate ways. So uh, so then you you said Kimberton, Kimberton, Kimberton is that Waldorf School? And is that? Uh, where is that located? It's in Phoenixville, Pennsylvania. Phoenixville, Pennsylvania. Right. Did you right. move there? It, yeah, it it was, um, that's really where Valley Forge is. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, now, you moved there uh, with the kids? Mm-hmm. Yep. So, um, did your husband end up, you know, not he being... stayed in Baldwin. Stayed in Baldwin. Uh-huh. Did, he, did he visit the kids? Uh, some. Some, uh-huh. yeah. Um, okay, so then, um, how long were you there? I was in Kimberton for 12 years, and the boys both graduated from high school there. There, yeah. And then, uh, well, I had been at Garden City 12 years, and then Kimberton 12 years, and then I had kept sending music teachers that I had found to, to the Baltimore school, which was a new, newer school, and they didn't have any music teachers, and these were all, all people that I thought would work out, but they didn't work out. So... Um, I decided I would try it myself, and I, I went down. Then you went to Baltimore. And I was there for 25 years. 25, 12, and 12. Uh-huh. So that's and, and 50 when years. I, when I, and, and another 12 comes into it because uh, 12 years before I retired. 62. Oh, uh, yeah, it was. Um, you, oh, you retired. I, I was asked to take on the, the music program uh, in the summer school in San Francisco. Okay. And the, so San, San Francisco, California. Yeah, and, huh. that's, and that was for twelve years every summer. For, How, you for just a month at a time. Flew I, over there and flew back. It was a it, and it still is a, an immersion, arts immersion program. Okay. For Waldorf teachers. Uh, you, what does that mean? So do you so you were teaching teachers. I was teaching teachers, teaching Waldorf teachers to yeah. do music. Gotcha. <laughs> so, I mean, if I do the math, 
um, that brings you almost to present day. Right. So when, when <laughs> How I was long 75, did... I retired. 75, you retired. And now you're 85. Right. All right. So 10, been here 10 years. 10 years. So, so um, how did you end up here? Oh, because this is a Waldorf school, you know, Waldorf. Yeah, you could say. Uh, all of our conferences would have uh, often, every four years, maybe there'd be a big conference yeah. in Spring Valley for Waldorf teachers. And so I, and my, fr- you know, I had several friends who had retired here, so I knew about it that, that, that way. Well, I ended up teaching at a Walder school, too. Um, I don't know, under similar circumstances, you know, I went to a, I went to a, a public, you know, um, music school. Just through hearsay, I ended up getting invited to, to teach at the, the Aurora Walder school near Buffalo. Um, and it just, just... It's fascinating because it sounds like you didn't have an anthroposophical background before you joined, mm-hmm. and yet you ended up being there the whole time, you know, just mm-hmm. Waller School after Waller School. I mean, they were always in need, and you got experience in there. <coughs> but what what kept you going? What I mean, was it um, particularly fascinating, or did they just keep on hiring you? What it would. Well, I really, I really didn't think that I wanted to be in a public school with teaching music from what I could see. Yeah. And I wanted the boys to be educated in the Waldorf school. So that's, that was the yeah. big, big yeah, reason sure. for the first... Well, what was your reason for that? Did you find that it was... Oh, the minute I walked into the Garden City Waldorf school, I thought, this is where I want my children. Yeah. Yeah, they just, they do it, they do it in such a... You know, a wonderful way. Yeah. Um, someone was telling me it was actually, um, you know, Irena, Irena, Irena oh, yes, Robson. Yeah. She uh, she went to taught at Camp Hills, or not taught, but she was a nurse at Camp Hills for a long time, and then she ended up teaching at Michigan Waldorf School, and she she described it. Um, I mean, I just feel, feel like she's kind of a, an authority in this, and she described it as um, that it was. Instead of being a school that teaches you to become less of an individual, you know, it was a school, the type of school that teaches you to become an individual. You know, it teaches you to be whatever you are, whatever well, you want to be. Well, that's a good. Yeah. Well, and and uh, that that same kind of thing, that when you look at the students, you are looking at something in them, and something that you want to. To bring out if you can. And it's special. It's a, a whole different way of looking at teaching. Instead of seeing a child there that you want to fill full of knowledge, you see a child that you that has much to offer you. You need, and that. Uh, yeah. I, it's a little hard to get into. Yeah, but yeah, children based. It's like yeah. it's, you you you're looking for things out of them instead of exactly what you said. Instead of pumping them in with the system. You know, is uh, to find whatever you can out of them, and and sometimes it can be a little chaos, you know. But uh, but for the most part, I think it's that that's very easily, you know, dissipates in in the development of the child. They become very nice individuals. I don't, I don't know how to say. Well, yeah, the whole their whole being, really. Yeah. And. The whole religion thing, spiritual thing—I don't call it religion, really—but it is spiritually. It's so fulfilling for children, yeah. and it's not, uh, you know, prejudices and things don't exist. 
Yeah, it's very true. It's very um, uh, trans culturalism, you know. Um, and uh, uh, what was I going to say? And the, and the arts are so emphasized. Yeah. You know, they're so um, important. They're interwoven in all the aspects of the education. One of the things that struck me was uh, there was a very lovely girl in the high school at Garden City who really just was not very intelligent. She just, you know, was not a student. Yeah. But she was, she loved Eurythmy, and she was very good in good with Eurythmy. And she ended up being in ballet in in uh, Germany. I think she spent her life there. Yeah. And and I knew other conditions like that, and I in fact taught students who would leave because they just couldn't quite make the grade. Yeah. And, but then would come back later and would just bloom like they, flowers. You they know? were not unbelievable. Yep. Yeah, they were not discluded from the from the from the pro- program. You know, I mean, like, like they were they were um, they were nurtured to the point that they yeah. could be something. So your kids came out very well. Yes, I'm happy. How they do? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's give, give and take, difficult, difficult times, but yeah, but um, as always. But they are different than they would have been. My older son was loved taking things apart, and mm-hmm. you know, he, I know that in a public school he would have been pushed towards the scientific, you know, yeah. mathematical, and he has a huge other part of him. Yeah, and so he really now. He's quite an entrepreneur, although he's an engineer. But he, is he the he one with the guitars? A lot of other things, yeah. He wants. He's and, the one that sells. And my younger son too. <clears throat> so, so um, they have developed in a way that I know they could not have developed otherwise. Yeah. And I just, you know, it's so much a, a part of my knowledge. So I would say, I suppose that that, that um, once I had the children, finally, because I really wanted them. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it um, their needs came before any other needs of mine. Sure, as 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 it usually is. Um, so, so then you end up ending up here. Now, you you moved? Did you move to Lady Slipper first? No, I moved here because I was terribly ill. Yeah, I, I had had a, a hip replacement that oh yeah that wasn't going well. And so for a year I was in and out of hospitals. Yeah. But that's the other part of my life was that uh, that I've had all these surgeries, uh, you know, two knee replacements, a hip, a shoulder, a thumb. You know, there's you're, so many things that have been. You're less less. You're you're more. You know, uh, metallic, contra- metallic <laughs> than than <laughs> yeah. than real person. Yeah, I really am. So that all played a part in. My development as well. I sure. Think. I mean, does it take away from your feeling of like independence in some way, or, or no, no? But it uh, it's challenging. Yeah. And so you've always kind of had a challenge in well, that world. kind of challenge. Yeah, but uh, you know, I the boys are still were my major. Yeah. And desire. Did, did you and, and were, did you have any hindrance in that um, in the way that you could uh, perform as a mother? I guess you know was what were you ever like finding yourself way too often in the hospital? Well, yeah, but you know, you managed. I managed, yeah. Yeah. 
And so, um, so then you ended up coming here during a series of, of uh, hospitalizations yeah. with yeah, your I hip. I more or less was in the hospital's first year. Uh-huh. But I lived... Well, I hadn't intended to come here very soon. I'm sure. Because <laughs> I, I was... Seven, you know, 75. After 50 years of teaching, which it was, yeah. I am... Um, you know, I, I wanted to have a few years not teaching. But almost immediately, I developed this problem with my hip. Yeah. So... My son had known that I, I wanted to come here, and he called Ann Sharp right away. He didn't even know her, but he explained the situation and was able to get a room, which he was paying on the whole time then. And was when that... I was in and out of the hospital. And, and was it a uh, an intensive care room, or was it a... Uh, no, a, a room here. In in this, yeah. this building, Hilltop House. It, it was where... It was um, next to May Louise. Yeah, so... so um, what was it like when you were coming in? I mean, were you just uh, getting taken care of a lot? Yeah, well, I was, yes, and that all got all messed up because the people in Baltimore wanted me to go directly into Helen Hayes, which is a big rehabilitation and a very good one. But uh, for one reason or another, when I got here, the, the uh, voices that carried... <laughs> Thought otherwise. Didn't, didn't want to do that. And so it was a real hindrance to me because once you have a, a you know, once you have a, a replacement, you should immediately get therapy. Sure. And if you don't, you're in a trouble because you only have a small window where you can get much going. And that window was closed because this. It wasn't good. Well, so, but you, I mean, as of now, you're doing all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and I, I would, I'm just curious, like, um, what happened then? Did you, did you do therapy on your own? Did they do anything therapeutic with you? Finally, finally, uh, I got someone to come in and work with me. I see. And A physical uh, therapist? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, it got better. Uh, yeah. So, the whole thing got better. Yeah, I mean, and, you were. And you were, I moved to Lady Slipper. Yeah, and you're really a strong fighter. You know, you you really overcame. Well, I think so. I I uh, also the well, the year I went to Lady Slipper, then that following summer was my last summer in, in California. But I wanted to have one more year there before I finished things. So that. So you I were did. still managing that. <laughs> California. Yeah. My last year, and then came back here, and of course I've been working in the in the uh, auto spec program. That so, what have time. you been doing with the auto spec program? I've been teaching whatever they needed. Yeah, and um, you you would accompany. Well, no, it depends on the students, but a, a number of them I have taught privately. Sometimes they come in having played a brass instrument, so I t- keep that going. And anything they've played, or ones that want to play, I end up teaching piano too, yep. or trumpet maybe. But uh, I, I and then the recorders because recorder is something that m- most of these people don't know. So I had uh, different grades, you know, it's scat- scattered of, of the number of students we have. So I would have often fourth and fifth grades. It, so, so you can add this. Classes, you can add this to your list of teaching. Yeah.
you know, it just uh, however that works out. Yeah. Um, so you can add that to your list of teaching, you know, situations. Yeah. Um, so you're teaching them, aren't you, too? Um, I, I'm getting a little involved this year, but not that much. Yeah. I just had them for a couple uh, days working, and we were going to do um, a particular piece, but we got started real late in the year. Yeah. You know, I think the longer I'm here, I'll probably get more involved in that group because, you know, I did do that sort of thing. And, uh, you know, it makes sense. Yeah, that will be wonderful. Yeah. Well, are you, are you working with the um, eighth grade boys? Yeah, that's who I was working with, um, which is a very nice group of kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and I, I know I could do a lot with them. You are know, you going you, to have them play something at graduation? Well, that's the thing. I, I don't know. I, I, the communication isn't that great right now, and, uh, and I've been really busy. So, so we'll see. Maybe yes, maybe no. I mean, the, the end of the year is coming very soon, you know. Um, so how long did you keep up with this with the Autospec? Do you still do it today? I'm still doing it. Still doing it today. So it never stopped. <laughs> never stopped. And you're 85? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, so where do you find the motivation, you know? To keep doing it, you know, is it uh, is it something that Just, you're I lo- driven? I love to teach. Yeah. I, yeah, and uh, and so when did you start doing this Thursday music? Oh, I, early on. Yeah. You know, in the, probably eight years ago. Did you do it in relation to the Autospec program? No, no. Well, Just yes, yes, I did, but. At that time, the Outer Spec program wasn't very many kids, you know. Yeah, and so it, so it, it had to be filled. Individual that I was doing. Was it always a half hour? Yeah. And how did you fill up the time? Well, just uh, first it started pretty much with a whole group of people that wanted to do Broadway shows, and so we have all that music. You know, I've got all the words sure. written out by. It was a huge amount of work, <laughs> and. Uh, but but uh, you know it's fun and nice. Yeah. Um, and uh, so now you continue to have things happen, like um, you've had uh, more hip issues, knee oh, issues. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you do you find that uh, you know how, how are days like these days? Are you finding less energy to be able to keep up with the? Well, that's the hardest part, really. Yeah. Is the energy. Yeah, and and so. Um, but when it's time, you know, I'll I'll stop it. Yeah. But there are plenty of people who are telling me I should stop it, but I'm not going to stop it until I feel like. It. Exactly. And so, what was it like uh, to to have me join you? You know. Wonderful. Yeah, I um I'm able to, you know, I I did music education and music therapy, um for a while. And so uh, a big emphasis in music therapy was these group sing-alongs, you know, group uh, activity, group participation, yeah. uh, especially with geriatric members, you know. And so, um, you know, basically what we're doing is basically very close to really related to what I was doing before. Um, only uh, we would usually have some sort of element of, like, movement you know, like um, getting getting rhythmic instruments mm-hmm. and particular people uh, being conscious of range of motion and, and certain um, 
uh, care guidelines when doing it. Uh-huh. And so I haven't really done too much of that, but I still feel like when I'm in, you know, my element, I'm trying to really get them going. And I think I can do that, you know, well enough. And that's really, you know, something that, that takes so much energy, you know. Well, you know, uh, one of the problems for me doing that kind of thing, which uh, I would love to do Dalcro's work with, which I could do, but but um, because other people have come, have Ilsa has always had her thing, you know, and, yeah. and she wants that, and she doesn't want anybody touching that, so... Yeah. And then the next thing that comes up is Phyllis Oaken. I don't know how well you know her. Yes. She, she was a social worker. Yep. And she is very conscious of doing social work. With yep. So she wanted to do all these things of her own. Yep. Which was another thing. So I didn't really want to interfere with those. Yep. So, uh, so, so basically now Phyllis isn't involved like that. That's yeah. gone down. And uh, Ilsa is still doing it. And she probably will till till hell freezes over, you know. Right. Um, and that's fine. And we still get, when we got the Thursday. I mean, all in all, you know, this this population has quite a bit of options. You know, uh, a, a lot of it a cultural experience. Um, the Goethe room is is nice to have. There's there's how many mini grand pianos here? Um, oh, three of them, including the one oh, in your three room here. Yeah. And then there's more in various buildings. Yeah, it's just you know there's definitely um, art. Uh, uh, the arts are alive here, and that's nice. You know, it's nice to be able to have something like that. It's just interesting. You know, now you're in this place. Now you're in this room. Like, do you do you ever sit back and think, how did I get here? Oh. <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean. Like it's just like you you keep you just go 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 go, and before you know it, you know you're you're getting older. Yeah, but what whatever you can do, you know, you do is good. I think. Yeah. I think listening to music alone, if that's all they do, is good. Yeah. So so either way, it's just it's very interesting, and it's 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 very great the the service that you provide. For, for this community and for everybody, everything beforehand, you know what I mean. Um, and uh, of course, it's it's highly appreciated and and uh, almost like some people are in awe of the fact that you can pull it off, you know. And so, um, you know, the, this community and I all appreciate it very much. So, well, that's ni- nice of you to say. That. <laughs> I'm, I'm honored that you have. <laughs> that you have here. <laughs> sure. Okay, well, um, we, we will uh, sign off um, just just uh, saying goodbye and uh, just hoping, you know, a lot of uh, happy memories and a lot of new ones to be made in the future. Okay? Thank you. All right, thanks.